Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts of the Dixons. We are so grateful for our audience. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know that this sounds really insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and then you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. You can even donate your PodCoins to your choice of charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on your iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code DEEPTHOUGHTS and you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a latte at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast and sign up with the code DEEPTHOUGHTS. I swear this will change the way that you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. We are grateful that you're back joining us again. Uh, Today, we are going to be discussing a topic that we go through on a daily and weekly and monthly and yearly basis. And I know there's others that go through it as well, but it's really not often talked about. It's something that's more experienced or when people do actually talk about it, you read about it or hear about it from them way later in their lifetime or way later in their career when they have reached a point of success. And what this is, is we're going to be discussing sacrifice and the sacrifices that need to be made and need to occur in order for you to reach a level or hit a goal that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, Before we jump super deep into that, though, I think Nina has some lifestyle tips she wants to share. Yes. So my lifestyle tip that I wanted to share today um, is called quiet time. And it has evolved into quiet time before it used to be taking time out to meditate every morning and then jumping into my day. Um, my personality is that of like a very, I can be very high strung in my head. Like when I get up in the morning, I want to work out. I want to get all my stuff done, come home, shower, take the dogs out. It's like this process, but I'm all in my head. And I'm realizing as I'm, as I'm getting older and I'm learning about things and trying to educate myself more on mental, physical, and emotional health, like all together as one and not just separate things, I'm beginning to learn about cortisol levels. And in doing so, I had read that a lot of, of course, you can take things and change your diet and do all these things, but there are physical changes that you can make to your morning routine and your evening routine to help naturally lower your cortisol levels. Now, I'm not, I don't know enough to get into the scientifics of what cortisol is and the highs and the lows and what it's what it does to it's you. It's basically you so inflamed cortisol. Excuse me. And when you have bigger cortisol levels, it has to do with like your stress levels within your body and inflammation levels. Mm-hmm. And so, leveraging different types of lifestyle tactics through exercise, diet, meditation, uh, raising your conscious awareness, uh, things of that nature can actually help you lower your cortisol levels. There's obviously different types of herbs and spices and foods that can assist with that. Like if you're really trying to lower cortisol levels and inflammation in your body, the more raw food you can implement, which we've talked about before, is better. The more things that are very highly inflammatory and can actually raise your cortisol levels would be things like meat 
um, cheese is extreme. Like any dairy-based substances are actually extremely inflammatory, which can actually raise your stress and alcohol cortisol levels. Alcohol raises your cortisol levels. It does. Alcohol does. For people that drink uh, the type of alcohol from my research that I've seen that is the most inflammatory is beer and wine. The type of alcohol that is the least inflammatory are your very clean white liquids. So like certain types of vodka, you know, on a drinking spectrum, if I'm saying one to the other, Mm -hmm. those are the least inflammatory. But I mean, alcohol in general is inflammatory flat out, you know, like it's, it's going to raise cortisol levels, especially you can notice it the next day. If you, if someone goes out and you drink a little bit and you have like anxiety or something the next day. So like the next day, unless you're going to mask it by going out to brunch and drinking again and drinking more and eating shitty food again or sleep, trying to sleep it off. Don't you just feel weird? Like there's just like this cloud hanging over you and like you feel like there's like doom coming at you. So it's, <laughs> a, it's a mixture of dehydration and a mixture of actually raising cortisol levels yeah. from consuming alcohol. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you want to avoid that, obviously don't drink. Right. But on a spectrum of alcohol, if you are consuming it, the more clear and unprocessed you can get in terms of like very high quality vodkas are probably the lowest on the inflammatory spectrum beers and wine are the worst yeah but Um, aren't there things that raise our cortisol like if you work out too much yeah if your diet is off um if you're stressed out about other things in life like everything it's it's a it's a it's a it's not just one thing it's like 10 different things so me learning more about it caused me to be more conscious and intentional the last several weeks when it comes to my mornings and uh, honestly it's making me a better person and that's why I'm trying to share this and you are a witness to that in the mornings I don't get up I don't have like a routine the way that you do that I have to get up and go into an office setting and you know by 9 a.m. whatever I have a much more relaxed and open schedule and so something that I do do sometimes there are days that I do this and there are days that I don't and that's what made me notice that there are days that I wake up high strong and those days I don't make you your fruit bowl. <laughs> you know? right. It's and, a problem. And you, it's a real and problem. You for some reason and then my cortisol levels rise. I know, but like <laughs> you don't want me to. I, I feel like it's one of those things that's just like convenient for you in the morning to be able to go work out, come and have your fruit bowl and then and leave for work. And because I have a relaxed schedule, there are days sometimes that I just get this like, you know, like, oh, I'll make this for him and then I'll go to my plant class or whatever. And so... I noticed that on the days I don't make it, you're like in a rush, you know, then you're like all high strung. So I was like, you know, when I have all the time in the world, I should be able to step back and kind of do these things. That's the whole point of being in a relationship. And then I thought, okay, so the days that I wake up at like 5 a.m. and I go run six miles and then I'm doing an ab circuit, I'm also rushing myself and he's rushing himself. And then the dogs, I have to take the dogs out too in between all of this. Why don't I just, you know, tone it back a little bit? So I changed my routine a little bit. And if I wake up, I wake up. But if I don't, then I'll take my time in the morning. I still, I'm still an early bird. I love mornings. But I'll sit down. I'll have my matcha. I'll like not put sugar, in, no sugar in it. Um, and I'll actually sit at the table. By then, you're back from the gym. And by then, I've made your fruit bowl. I've taken the dogs out. I've got a shower in already. But while I'm sitting at the table drinking my matcha is what I like to call my quiet time. Although I do throw this up on Instagram, like a picture of it or whatnot, it's usually right before I'm about to sit down or it's after I've already sat down. But for that 15, 20, 25 minutes, I'm not on my phone. I'm not trying to check emails. 
I'm not even trying to think about my to-do list for the day. I'm not even trying to think about what I'm going to make for dinner later. None of that. It's just all being present in the moment, like watching the sun. Sometimes I'll sit outside if it's nice outside. And I feel like this helps me calm down and like just, and that ease of life kind of carries into the rest of my day. And I've realized that it makes me a better person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a much, I have a better attitude. Something I've noticed recently that has dramatically lowered my cortisol levels and just general inflammation in my body. And the reason why this is important too, before I get in this is inflammation is the root cause of pretty much all sickness and disease. It's like inflammation occurs, mucus within the cells begins to what develop. What does inflammation have to do with cortisol? I'm, I'm flat out asking you. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, sure. So cortisol is basically a regulatory response in your body that influences like your nerves and your cells and um, it's a hormone basically that we know when your cortisol levels are high it is going to cause issues within your body because it's dramatically affecting your inflammation levels and from like a scientific perspective basically the root cause of almost every illness has to do with some type of mucus being developed, which will then trigger into inflammatory response, raising your cortisol levels for different things. And when that occurs, you begin to get sickness. You could get a cold, you know, you could get a sinus infection. So your nose is all inflamed. Your forehead is, um, you know, all like types of serious terminal illnesses are actually inflammatory responses that have just happened for a prolonged period of time until it actually turns into something much more serious. But if you can take active steps on a daily basis to really remove things that are triggering a raise in cortisol levels and a raise in inflammatory responses, you're going to feel more healthy, you're going to get sick less, you're going to have an increased clarity with uh, you know, all sorts of areas, your, your mental health, your vision, your hearing, your sinuses, like all these different things are connected. And what I've been doing recently that's been a super big help for me is I'll get up in the morning, I'll go to the gym, kind of like my normal routine, and I'll come home and instead of eating any heavy processed like carbs in the morning, like in the past I've had like a bowl of oatmeal with fruit. I've cut out all of that. And now all I'll have is a big bowl of fruit with some seeds and probably some nuts in it, sometimes like almonds or something else that's in there. And what I've noticed is I get full like from eating it, but it's like a very healthy, like clean full. I don't have that heavy feeling after you eat and maybe you eat breakfast and then you get a little tired afterwards because when you have a high carb breakfast, it triggers your insulin, which will spike. And then you may feel a little bit tired afterwards because your body's using up energy now to process what you just ate. And what I've noticed is since I've switched over and I'm just doing a huge bowl of fruit and it's all raw, everything I'm eating is raw, nothing's cooked, I and do not have that same response where I get a little bit burst of energy and then I'm tired. Like I have a very clean, smooth energy throughout the day. And I still usually most days don't eat anything for lunch except fruit as well. So I'll have a variety of different types of fruit because the uh, office I work out of provides that. And then I won't actually eat my first cooked meal until the evening time. And what I've noticed with that is when I'm going raw throughout the day, um, I'm very calm. I can tell that I'm not like you know, don't have any anxiety and I just feel very consciously aware of my surroundings. So there's a big benefit there. And then I'm at home and I usually eat dinner, you know, in between 6.30 to 8, depending on how long I stay at the office. 
And then it hits me with that insulin triggering response where it spikes up from eating that cooked meal and eating those carbohydrates. And then I get tired right afterwards at like around nine. And so I'm ready to like go down and go to sleep. So what I've learned is that since I've been doing this and I've been super busy uh, lately and really just dedicating a lot of energy to some of the business growth stuff we're working on, that I've actually started... um, what I've noticed is like I haven't been meditating as much. And I think meditating is something that definitely lowers Lowers, your cortisol levels to a huge degree. But what I've noticed is since I've started this protocol where I've removed all my carbohydrates throughout the day, I literally have the same, if not a better clarity and calmness throughout the day than I would when I'm meditating. So like I know I'll get back and I'll start meditating again because that'll help it even more. But it's almost like I've reached this point through implementing this dietary protocol and kind of how we think and you know removing fluoride, everything else that we do, that throughout the day I'm in this constant state of zen and calmness. And I really didn't have that as much before when I was eating a heavier meal in the morning. And so I, it, what I started to learn is just from a personal perspective, there's something that has to do with those carbs triggering and in a rise in inflammation. And if you have to actually do the research on this, the science shows that as well. So I'm going to continue testing this out. So far, it's working tremendously well. And it's really helped me lower inflammation. No, it's interesting you say that because I was going to say that somehow lowering your cortisol, which I am now doing with quiet time, is lessening my need to also meditate. Um, although I did meditate yesterday and today. But I've noticed that I don't need to do it either. And there's got to be some sort of connection there. I have not looked into that yet. I'm only a couple weeks into all of this. But I will say, just as like some, you know, some sort of don't make me laugh. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say that it's definitely worth something looking into because here's the thing. I feel as though the vast majority of us are always, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Something always has to have our attention, you know, either the news channel in the morning or the radio or some people listen to podcasts first thing in the morning or music at the gym or chitter chattering with their partner in the morning. And I just I think that if we could make a little change there and just be quiet and kind of, you know, what else it does to me, it helps me be present and grounded. It helps me become rooted. Like I just start to like notice like our home and our dogs and our cars and like our food and our kitchen and the sunlight. Like I start to become grateful for just the simple things in life that I tend to take for granted on the daily actually, you know, and this just helps me just be more, just helps me drop down and just be rooted and centered. And that's very helpful to me in becoming, you know, the best friend, the best wife, the best daughter, the best business person, the the best, whatever I'm supposed to be that day. It helps me become a better person. So I definitely recommend taking quiet time to lower your cortisol levels or at the very least, um, you know, read about it, look into your diet and figure it out how you can lower it. Um, And something else I've been working on is trying to lower my working out. I'm starting to take two to three days off a week and just be fine with it at this point. Working out is something too, I think that people don't realize that when you over exercise, regardless what that is, Mm -hmm. whether you're a runner, whether you're a bodybuilder, whatever that happens to be, you actually begin to trigger hormonal hormonal responses and you increase your cortisol from over-exercise. It's too much consistent neurological stress. Yeah. And uh, whether you're focused on you know weightlifting or more cardio type stuff, 
you do too much of it, it ends up having a reverse effect. And when your cortisol levels are resonant from that perspective, you'll feel a little more bloated, a little more full. You won't lose fat as quickly. Um, your muscle mass may actually decrease if you do it for too long of a period of time because your body needs a day or two every week if you're really a hard exerciser to rest. Your body is actually repairing itself when it's at rest, not when you're actually beating it up in the gym. I didn't take notice of these things, obviously, when I was in my 20s. But I was obviously overdoing it for several years, actually probably like 10 years. And now I kind of can see a difference of like, okay, no, like I, I cannot be doing this every day to my body. And also my excuse, if you remember, used to be, but I'm doing it for my mental, like there were ups and downs in my life that mentally that I, my escape was running. And so mentally it could take me away to a different place and I could daydream and think about other things. But now looking back, I realized that that wasn't a healthy way of coping with those things. That was also increasing my cortisol levels when I was letting, letting my mind run rampant. And to deal with those things, I had to go running. So now I'm like beating myself up twice, mm -hmm. you know, mentally and physically. And I think a lot of people too that have anxiety or have some of these problems where their mind is constantly yeah. running, if they would... And some, a lot of people are on medication for stuff like that, which I think first I and never foremost, did. Yeah, you I, never did. But no. I mean, first and foremost, medication is never going to solve nope. an anxiety problem. Just take mm -hmm. that out of your life altogether. Um, but what you should be looking at is how can I relieve or reduce enhanced cortisol levels? Because once you figure yeah. out how to decrease that, I guarantee you that your mind will quit racing. Yeah. And that's, that's what I should have been focusing on the last 10 years. And I, just, I even know like when I was working out a lot and lifting heavy yeah. and I was eating a lot higher of a carb diet, I had like subliminal or subconscious anxiety about things and I wouldn't even realize it at all. Mm -hmm. And then it would like bubble up and I'd be like, this is something so stupid. Why am I even upset about this? Yeah. And then once I actually shifted my whole workout and I wasn't doing so much heavy lifting and I shifted my diet to more raw, it just dissolved in you the period also, of like a very short period of time. You also spend like a good solid 15 to 20 minutes stretching at the end of your work. I do. I think that's super important because when you're exercising, your body gets super tight and yeah. the tighter you are, the less the energy can flow mm -hmm. throughout your entire body. And so I make a point out of almost every single <clears throat> workout I do for like 15 to 20 minutes at the end, I'm doing like solid stretches for each muscle group very slowly. I'm holding everything for 15 to 20 seconds. And when I get done with that, I can literally feel more energized because the oxygen, the cells, everything is able to flow more naturally. And also pay attention to your posture. And that's a big reason I stretch too. Like I, after working out for years and years, I was very strong, but my posture started to like not be straight. Like I was kind of hunched to an extent because you I was working out. Hunch in the, yeah, I've noticed that about and us we're, too. And we're constantly over computers and stuff, so it's easy. But the more you stretch, like the more I've implemented yoga with what I do and making sure I stretch after every workout, my posture has actually improved dramatically. And Nina even recently and several people have been like, Brian, you seem like you've grown like two or three inches. And I think what happened was since my muscles are more relaxed from becoming much more flexible, it actually has increased my posture. But also I've actually, you know, I didn't grow per se, but I think now that my muscles are more relaxed, they've stretched out. And so now I actually am taller than what I was before. Yeah. Either way, we hope you guys look into it. Um, definitely look into cortisol levels. And the simplest way I can say it to start is just start with quiet time. It's, it's, it's done. It's made all the difference for me right now. And I'm, and I'm, still, I'm still trying to learn more about it. 
I'm like in the middle of it. So I'll definitely share my little cortisol journey with you guys. Um, now on to our topic. So you touched on this briefly earlier about uh, sacrifices. I was inspired to talk about this literally was just inspiration to my you know mind. I would say like a week ago. It was right before Labor Day weekend. And you and I were at the gym together and... You know, obviously, it's like everyone had plans and everyone's like going somewhere and traveling somewhere. And I was like, well, we're not doing anything, you know, but I know why we weren't doing anything. We had work to do. We had stuff to do. And I also like for you and I, for those of you that maybe don't know, you and I can't really plan too far in advance for trips. And we can't really just go on like just like randomly, you know, pick up and go the next day. It's just like our schedules just demand that much time from us. And so there's kind of got to be a balance for us when it comes to um, traveling for now because work and work trips come first. So I started thinking about this and I'm like, you know, you and I spend a lot of time listening to people like Grant Cardone or uh, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins. I, I do follow a lot of singers and rappers and their journeys and I can watch a lot of documentaries on people on their journeys, um, their successes and failures. And something I noticed is that they're not, they don't talk about their sacrifices or their, their internal discussions and mental conversations with themselves when they're on their path to success or when they're going through the thick of something. It's always after the fact. And so then you, then you have them kind of explaining things to us in kind of like past tense, you know? And so I thought, you know, it, it's difficult. It's one thing for us as as a consumer of the content to look at that and, and take inspiration from that. But I was thinking of like you and I are content creators when we're doing this podcast. And I'm thinking like, we should be sharing our story now. At 31 and 32 years old, we have internal dialogues with ourselves every fucking day. Sorry, every single day. And they're real sacrifices they're real push and pull moments there's sometimes conversations really tough conversations that I have to have with you at times because we feel as though it's either this or this we have to choose this over this right now um, and that's just the life stage that we're at and so I kind of wanted to share that with all of our listeners and I think something too to make it a little more personal because I feel like there's a lot of other people out there that could probably resonate with this mm-hmm. is that everybody's different And for example, like as we're going through and making these sacrifices, like even Nina and myself are very different in this regard where Nina like needs every so often to take a break. Like we need to go somewhere. We need to get away for a weekend. And like I totally respect and embrace that. Me, on the other hand, I'm wired differently where I can literally work nonstop seven days a week, 365 days a year doing the same thing, building the business and growing and scaling things and never have a need to really step away like that. But I understand how important it is for her and for our relationship. So like we work together to make sure that like when she's at a point and she's needing that, that she vocalizes it and communicates it to me. Otherwise I'm so tunnel vision with what I'm doing. I like am not even aware of it sometimes because I get so immersed in what I'm working on. And um, so that's like a challenge in and of itself, like a sacrifice. Like we're going through this process, building this future that we want together. And 
it really sometimes we can't go away for a holiday weekend or we can't do this and that because we have things within the business that have to be taken care of because we're really in this building phase right now and it makes it challenging too when you see all your friends on social media and they're out having a good time and they're doing different stuff and then it really has to bring you back to that why why are you doing what you're doing right now why are you sacrificing all this because hopefully you are driven and you have this purpose for what you're doing and you're trying to attain something that's bigger than yourself that you can manifest in the future. Um, but with that, you do have to find balance and you have to make sure that the people around you understand that and are on board with it. But also you're respecting how they are with different things. Um, you did really good point in the fact that like everybody feels as though they're sacrificing and those feelings of what they want to give up or don't want to give up are different from person to person. But before we go deeper into this, there's also another factor that what you are sacrificing for, you know, the goals or the choices or the lifestyle that you're doing it for is also different for every person. Not everybody listening to us today um, is going to resonate with the fact that, you know, Nina and Brian are on like this path of like owning their own companies and their own businesses and are trying to create something out of nothing so that they don't have to be working for somebody else forever. But there might be somebody who's listening who's making sacrifices every day because they're a young mom or a young dad. You know, they might have little kids at home that uh, depend on them. And every day the mom and dad go to work and make sacrifices, personal sacrifices, physical, mental, emotional, and financial to provide for their kids. And so everyone's sacrifice looks different. Mm-hmm. But it's a great point. the point here that we're going to be talking about our personal story, but the point is like you guys should be able to apply this to your own lives and just know that everybody in their life is sacrificing something. But two things that I was really inspired, and this is two things that inspired me to talk about this were, okay, one, be very careful about what it is that you're sacrificing for what. What is that exchange looking like? And try your hardest to strike a balance. And second... Always be willing to say no for your bigger vision. There are going to be so many people, and we have these in our life right now, that are going to say, oh, you know what? You're going to regret that. You know, you only have so much time here. You know, you might as well do this now while you have the chance to and the opportunity to. That is sound advice. But if you know that you have balance and you're going to figure that out as you go, you don't have to listen to other people and what they're telling you. And if I could explain this in one word, you almost like have FOMO sometimes, you know, like, oh man, like I'm like X, Y, Z old and I want to do this, 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 and I haven't done it yet. And I'm still like grinding and I'm still doing this, but I think you have to like reel it back in sometimes. And because that's actually an ego based response. Your ego is telling you that somebody else is at a different point than you 100%. and you're not there. hundred percent. And so you have to make sure that you're understanding when your life and your goals Yeah. And, and make your decisions and your sacrifices based on that and that alone. And so I really had to reel it in before because, you know, every every two or three weeks, I'll be like, let's plan a trip. Let's plan a trip. Let's go here. Let's go here. But that's my personality. I'm telling you, like, even if we weren't so focused right now and like we couldn't we could even step out if we were like, I just always want a change of scenery. I get bored with monotony. Like, it's just like that's just my personality. So me knowing that. I sometimes can now, at the age of 31, talk myself out of certain things and say, okay, you know what? This weekend, we play catch up, and in a month, we're taking this trip, and we're going here for two days. We can't leave the country for three weeks right now because the business won't allow it, but we can go for two. 
And I think those little milestones and those things are what personally keep me going. This isn't about Brian. Brian has his own set of things in his life that he's currently sacrificing that he kind of has to look at and probably have an inner dialogue with like, okay, do I choose to go out and have drinks with my friends and be hungover for two days and miss two days of really solid quality sales work that I could be doing in the office to get ahead? Or do I go knock this stuff out in the office because I have another two years to make this shit happen for myself? And I think that's where that inner dialogue happens. But many times people like you and I don't share that openly. Well, who wants to talk about this all the time anyway? You know, I, I feel like it kind of I feel like it's a as, negative energy It's a negative thing. energy I don't, thing. I try to get that out of my yeah, life. Yeah, you want to be happy. You want to be joyful. And when you're with your friends and family, you want to have a good time. You don't want to sit there and talk about your sacrifices and like the, the push-pull feelings that you have every day. Um, along with sacrificing, though, I also want to touch on a topic that you have to make, you have to be very intentional and conscious about your decisions because depending on what decisions you make, you could be sacrificing the wrong things. And an example is I think about lately, I've been thinking a lot about my uh, like my parents and like our upbringing and something that both my parents have always told us and instilled in us from the very beginning. And I'm sure you remember me saying this all the time to you when you, you and I first met is never, ever, ever sacrifice your health for anything. You can be the richest person in the world the most successful person in the world. You can have the best grades in school and you can have the love of your life by your side. But if you do not have your health because of the choices and decisions that you make in your life, it's all useless. There's actually, a, I forget who said this quote. Maybe it was Buddha. Maybe it was Gandhi. I can't remember. But there's a famous quote that says, he who sacrifices his health for his wealth will eventually sacrifice his wealth for his health. Meaning that if you work so hard and you're not taking care of yourself that you have, and you make all this money and you reach all these levels of success and you eventually get sick, you're going to end up spending all your money back on trying to get healthy again. Did you know America is the only... Google this. This is a fact. America is the only country in the world that has the most amount of people who go bankrupt every year paying medical bills. Like that's just the most sad, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You know, and like that alone should tell you right there that and, and I'm going to I'm going to tie this into a circle so you guys get my point that my parents were always saying, he's like, listen, you have to make the right food choices. You have to make the right decisions. And especially when we went to college, it was at that point where my parents were like, you know what, don't do drugs, don't be drinking all the time. We understand that this is the culture here. But if you're drinking like that and you continue on that path, you're going to that's going to become your lifestyle. And this is what that's going to do to your health. And they would literally point people out to us on the street or talk about other extended family members or friends of their friends that don't have the best health because they were just drinkers and, you know, eating terribly and not conscious about their food habits, you know, weren't trying to educate themselves on eating healthier. And I feel like that's just kind of carried within me. So there are times when I catch myself now in my adult life where you know, you and I will be like, hmm, should we go out to dinner with friends and drinks or should we knock this stuff out in the office? And this is and we know that this is very um, what's that word? Um, Isolated. No, no. This is very this whole time period in our life is very temporary. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that forever we're going to be making these sacrifices. I'm just saying that for now, we know this is a year or two game for us and we have to stay focused. And if 48 hours gets us ahead for two weeks and we have to do that for ourselves. I also think for me personally, and this is something I've learned as I've gotten older is, so I used to go out 
a lot, party all through college and everything and law school. And even after that, when I started in the career world, um, and you know, I would go out and do networking events and I would have a beer here and there. Um, but what I learned over time is just that it, alcohol for me is such like a restrictor, you know, and because like, even if you like go to a networking event and have like a beer, even, even something as tiny as that the next morning, it's like you're foggy. I'm not operating at a hundred percent efficiency. Like that's just, you know, some people can do it. I personally can't. So what I've learned over time is that if I want to like reach the best potential I can, that I have to just like not do that. Like if I go to networking and stuff now, like I, I rarely ever drink anymore because it slows me down from the goals that I'm trying to go after. And anything that's slowing me down, that's not allowing me to be as efficient as possible is something I need to remove from my life. It's fun in the moment is what it is, but it's not something that helps you live a healthy lifestyle by any means. It also dramatically lowers your conscious state of awareness, both during and after. That's that's like way... a completely separate part of this, yeah, but... Yeah, that's a completely different point. I'm just... I'm talking like here and now. It's not something... And I'm not bashing it. You and I have a, know how to have a, a great time. Like when the time is right, we're out partying, we're at concerts, we're having a great time. But... It's not an every weekend occurrence. Well, it's also not like there's a lot of people I think that come home and they'll like come home from work and have a beer or two, have a glass of wine or two while they're chilling at night. And it's like, I just don't understand that component of things because it's not good for you. It's not healthy, but it's also slowing you down and not allowing you to reach your full potential. So I have a couple things to say to that. Not everybody grew up in homes like you and I did though. You didn't grow up seeing that and I didn't grow up seeing that. You know, like... Our parents aren't avid drinkers. I understand that, but you don't have to grow up in a home with people that... I know you subconsciously get programmed by your environment, for sure, but you don't have to grow up in a home with people that drink or don't drink to realize that you don't necessarily need to drink a beer every night. I completely understand. But what I do think that those people should be doing um, is educating themselves on what that one beer a night does to your health. Women, if you look at women... um, Women who get cancer, who get breast cancer, there's like a, I'm not going to say the percentage right, so I'm not even going to bother saying the number, but it's a very high number of women. And did, like the ver- the higher number of them have been drinkers. One glass of wine, a, gla- a beer, a dinner, two, three times a week, or there were partiers on the weekends. Like that's a serious statistic. I don't know the exact number, but definitely Google this. And that right there, my mom sent me tons and tons of articles on this. And I'm, I'm starting to piece things together now as I get older that in my history, my family, there aren't heart attacks. There is no cancer. There is no Alzheimer's. There are, there's just no things because you want to know why there's no alcohol. There's no canned food. There's no meat. The lifestyle, I will say this, our lifestyle is very high strung here. Well, I would say too, I think you're the first family I've ever met that's had like no terminal illnesses in their family lineage. Like yeah. nobody got sick well, here's and here's the thing, on my dad's side there is, and guess what? They're meat eaters. They are drinkers. Some of them are cigar smokers. And so I can compare, you yeah. know, our lifestyle here, my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family. And I'm just looking back and I'm like, you know what? The lifestyle we have here in America is not sustainable in the long term by any means. This is why we are the highest country when it comes to heart attacks and cancers and fattest all fattest country fat, too. Exactly. Most obese people per, so, sc- per capita. When you think that you're sacrificing this is the point I was trying to make earlier. You're sacrificing a night out with friends, you know, that's supposed to be fun and socializing for staying home and getting your work done. 
th- this is how I'm trying to think about things. I'm eating home and I made a salad and I made a salad from farmer's market ingredients, washed it, didn't have this disgusting fatty bottled dressing, made my own dressing, healthy. I'm not drinking and getting wasted and, you know, determined um, to, to the detriment of my health. I'm home getting my work done. And tomorrow I'm going to get up and feel great and work out and feel just as great. Also, my wallet is going to thank me the next day. It's just like a check, 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 check everywhere. I'm not saying that you put, I'm, this is an example. I'm not saying put your friends and family on a back burner or don't go out. No, we do. We know when to have time, but it's not every weekend. And when you have that kind of built up, that's where you start to have like, oh my gosh, like, you know, all I do is take care of my kids and all I do is this and I haven't gone out in like four months. Yeah, it builds up in you. I understand that. Anything you're doing, you tend to like, it builds up and then just when you're like, I got to go out. I got to plan a vacation. I have to do this. And so I'm just trying to think like, it's not a bad thing to be making sacrifices. Some of these sacrifices are actually very good for us. And I also think if you're an individual that realizes that once it starts getting towards Wednesday, Thursday in the week, that you're getting more and more excited because you're ready to live for the weekend and you're just not as happy during the week, maybe because of your job or whatever that particular reason is, that is a really good indicator that you need to get quiet and do a self audit of your current life. Because if you're getting really excited because the weekend's coming up every weekend and you want to go out and party every weekend and all of a sudden you're out Friday night and Saturday and maybe Sunday for brunch and then you're not feeling the hottest when it reaches Monday, Tuesday, and then you even out by Wednesday and then Thursday and then you're doing it again. It's this vicious cycle. That is never going to work in the long term, right? It's You'll be burning the candle at both ends and it's it's going to negatively affect you. And bringing it back to our lifestyle tip, you will have dramatically raised inflammation and cortisol levels yeah. on an ongoing basis and you'll eventually probably get some type of sickness. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying that is like, if you notice that that's how your cycle of your week works, uh, I would recommend trying to get quiet, uh, you know, step away from that for a period of time and really start to understand what it is that makes you tick so that you can redirect your energy in that direction and you will, I think, be better off in the long term for sure. I would also add, like, I think that everybody should take time to, you know, they say, like, it's, life is not about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. I think that that's a true way of looking at things that amongst, you know, our social life, our family life, figuring out our careers, figuring out our purpose, you know, dealing with our spouses, just kind of just life in general that's happening to all of us right now every single day. We have all these balls juggling and we're trying to figure it out. I think that you need to step back and say, you know, instead of doing these things that I really want to do but make me feel like shit or financially leave me depleted or is hurting my health or leaves me exhausted or I'm not going to be on my A game on Monday morning, what can you start to do that's really you like from your heart's purpose, like start doing things, you know, find a hobby, find something good for yourself that actually fuels your soul on the weekend or helps you in the evenings become a better person. And then all these quote unquote sacrifices are not going to seem like a sacrifice anymore. I don't feel like with what I do, because I'm so in it every day that what I'm doing is a sacrifice anymore. When I think early on, when I really like kind of made that switch it felt like more of a sacrifice, but now that I've done it for a period of time, it's more like 
I love what I'm doing so much each and every day. I understand the process that's going into building what I'm creating. And it's like I get wake up excited to go do this as opposed to, oh, I can't go hang out this particular night because I want to get this done. That's like more exciting to me. Yeah, but you're that's because at this you're at that point in life where you're inspired. Yeah. You're motivated and inspired by your vision. Not everybody has found their vision yet. And so I will say, I, you're right though to say that I don't think that when I sit here and I'm working on the things that I'm working on and creating, do I feel like I'm sacrificing something? No. I mean, I, I told you this recently that lately I feel like my body for some reason wants to come up with ideas and podcasting and scripts and book ideas and all these things at nighttime. And I like to sleep. So I'm not understanding like why my inspiration is coming at nighttime, but it doesn't bother me. I'm not going to feel like I'm sacrificing something. I'm going to I'm going to listen to what my body's telling me and I'm going to get my computer out and do what I have to do. But what I am saying is that it takes it does take sacrifices and sacrifices are not a negative thing. You can turn this into a very positive thing for yourself, a win win solution for yourself. If you really take a step back and say, is that really a sacrifice for me? You know, if I'm not going around clowning around at bars every weekend or buying a 30 pack of beer every single weekend and, you know, slamming one down, one for me and one for my wife, is that really a sacrifice? Think about it. If you stop doing that, what are all the benefits to that for you in the long term? If you stop going out and eating out every single evening and instead decide to cook at home, it's not just about the money. It's not about the time. It's also about your health. And if you found your work and you found your dream job and now you're promoted and you're doing things... You should be doing 10x more things in your life and getting rid of the things that are depleting you and being grateful for that new open door and open opportunity for yourself, not burning the candle on both ends. And so this is where when I think about the Grant Cardones and the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins and the Warren Buffetts of the world, you can see that these people were those people 30, 40 years ago. They were making different choices and different decisions in life than the masses. Okay, and that's what sets these people apart. You think that they're making sacrifices. Really, they were making the right decisions and choices to set themselves up for success in the future. Um, I obviously I don't personally know these guys, but I mean, they seem to be healthy. They seem to be fine. They're happily married. They have families. They have, you know, financial success. They have their careers going. And now they're in the in the in the space of giving back, you know, and they found their purpose. And so it's that that's the point I'm trying to make that sacrifices are not all bad. And people on the outside might think that, you know, they're not going here or they didn't go out this weekend or they're only out like once a month or Nina and Brian are doing X, Y, Z or Nina and Brian said no this time. It's not really from a place of, you know, us sacrificing and feeling bad. It's from a place of like we're just trying to make conscious decisions and choices that help shape the life that we want. And I think every single person should be doing this um, incongruent to like what they want for themselves. Obviously, it's not going to be the same as what you and I want, but you should respect what you want. So if your desires are X, Y, Z, they should, they should match your beliefs and then your actions should match both of those for what you want in life. So that's, that's what I was inspired by um, to talk about that we do all make sacrifices for, at different points in life for different things, but it's all about perspective. It's all about attitude. And I currently, although do feel at times that I am like 
not doing all the things that I want to be doing sometimes because I'm restricted by my location or I don't want to leave you and the dogs and like go here or, you know, didn't record five episodes ahead of time for the podcast and I've made a promise that I'm going to do it. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice to me. It feels like, okay, get your mind right, focus on priorities and know that this is very, very temporary. Um, People tend to get lost in that and can't get themselves out of it. And so I think sharing our story with people will help them understand that like everybody does it. Not no one's life is perfect. I don't care how wealthy you are or you found your purpose in life. Nobody has it all. Nobody's sitting there saying, I can just snap my fingers and get everything I want today and be wherever I want. No, even Mariah Carey has a schedule and has to be somewhere tomorrow for five hours. Even she can't get out of certain things. And she has to sacrifice something to do that. Because she's got bills to pay too, you know, like some people too, I think within this concept of sacrifice, they, especially early on, they don't know. I mean, when, you, when you're still trying to find your purpose and that, we talked about that earlier, you don't necessarily know what path to go on and how to do it. And yeah. I think something that could be helpful to a lot of people is trying to eliminate as much white space on your calendar as possible. Like what I mean by that is you when you're sitting around and you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, um, you know, that's going to take a period of time for you to get quiet and figure that out. But then once you're doing it and you kind of figure out, you know, this is the direction I want to test, go after that direction. Even if it ends up being the wrong one, you still want to make sure that you're filling up your calendar and directing your energy with activities that'll put you in the right direction. Because when you don't, I feel like that's when you sit around and you start thinking. You become anxious sometimes, right? Well, you become right? anxious. And, and obviously, if you're trying to figure out your purpose or your job, you're, most of us are financially restricted at that time. Yeah. And if you're sitting home, just thinking it's going to fall into your lap, you're going to create more anxiety for yourself. Your cortisol levels through the roof, obviously. And you're right. You're going to start feeling sacrifice is a bad thing you're gonna be like mm-hmm. i can't go here i can't buy that my partner's having the best career he's there working or she's there working all these thoughts are gonna run rampant in your head and it's just like dude focus on what you want and then put your energy towards it and all that sacrifice bs and the limitations that you're constantly feeling on top of you are going to disappear yeah. so something i do that helps me a lot is like on I usually try to, my schedule is usually pretty booked with meetings and sales things that I'm doing and other types of stuff. Oh, I know. I can't even get a lunch with you. (laughs) And, uh, but what I do is if I have white space on my calendar and I get in there, I'm need to try. It's all up in that white space. (laughs) Um, if I have white space on my calendar that I am not trying to keep open so I can book potential sales calls with it with clients, what I'll do is I will specifically go in there and schedule other projects I know I want to work on to get done because if it's on my calendar, I'll do it. Yeah. If it's white space and it's not a particular time that I'm reserving for something that's business related um, and I don't, then I'll get, I'll, I'll like start screwing off around that time. Like I'll surf the internet or I'll do something else. But if I have no, I'm going to work on this proposal for this 45 minute white space that I have on my calendar. It like forces you and holds you accountable to do it because when you get that little calendar notification and it pops on, it's like, oh, okay, it's a reminder. So like if I, I always try to look at like one to two days in advance that's on my calendar and see where my white space is. And then I always try to figure out in advance, what can I put on there and make sure that I'm executing on my time the most effective I can. Let's, um, let's try to like try to wrap this up. But before we do, what is, and I'll share something, but what is something that you feel you are quote unquote sacrificing right now? Or it's like an internal 
conversation that you end up have, having with yourself like nope not yet or later or not not right now I'm going to choose to go work or I'm going to choose to do this mine while well, you can think about yours mine mine personally and I was reflecting on this today is I feel as though time I am trying to because of you because of what we're trying to do I feel as though I cannot freely go and do things and by that I mean traveling <laughs> or um, you know going out on a weekday or like going out three nights in a row or going to a concert that I want to see so bad that's not in St. Louis um, do things that I, that I truly enjoy to do you know they're nothing to do with partying and drinking it's just things that I really want to do but they require travel and they require time away from work that's something that I feel currently I have to constantly go back and forth with and remind myself that the energy we put in now and we dedicate to this now for the next couple of years will give us the, all the freedom we want in the future. Um, so it's not really a financial restriction. It's not really a personal restriction. It's not really a sacrifice in that sense. It's just like a, I feel as though my priority is this, not this. And even when I feel that push-pull within me, it's like, I don't know, dude. I can sit on the couch and watch Netflix for 10 hours or I can go in the office with Brian and like knock out X, Y, Z, you know, I feel like that's where my um, quote unquote sacrifices currently. Sure. So I think time's a big one because I'm yeah. giving up a lot to direct my energy and my time slots in a fashion that I think is going to create a lot of value in the long term. Um, like you, know, you and I are leaving next weekend for two days and it's already like you, we already had to, I had to already switch out and you do way more than I do. Switch out my whole week and we're recording three days before earlier than we normally do. I have to push things out five days earlier than then because I'm not, I know that that weekend I'm not going to be able to do it. And that's also a weekend that you're not going to be in the office. And so it's like constant like, okay, now we got to do all those things a week and a half in advance. Yeah. So it's definitely something when it comes to time and schedule. I think, you know, looking back, although I think how I'm spending the time now is much more efficient, but like definitely sacrificing time with like friends and family that I have spent in the past that I could be, you know, but I would just be screwing off if I was doing that anyway, just be like, you know, going out for dinner or drinks and things of that nature. So it's not a huge deal to me. Um, I would say the other thing, and this is on intentionally is that like Nina and I have an incredibly strict monetary budget every month with what we do. And I think that it's a sacrifice because we literally it's because we're psycho. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a mechanism. It's a mechanism that we've implemented where literally every last dollar, to an extent, that we bring in from an income perspective or from an investment perspective, and we're, that we're getting paid off of, gets extracted out and then gets reinvested in other things that we're working on. So, like our mindset on a monthly basis is. We are literally living like we're not making any money, right? We're, because all the money that we are making, we're reinvesting in projects that we're working on. We have a much more long-term view, and we're doing that strategically. But we have this mindset that it causes us to be very particular about where we exhaust our financial resources because we know exactly what the budget is and exactly what we spend each month and exactly how much is going to get extracted and put in either savings and or investment projects that we're working on. Yeah, because you and I are not 
I'm not, at least. We're not spenders. You cannot take money that you're making. By the way, maybe next week is going to be a financially a financial responsibility episode. You can't take money from your job and go spend it. You'll never make, you'll never have money. Okay? Like, you might have a savings account. Are you going to live off your savings account when you're retired or do you want 10x that? You know? And so you and I are trying, what we're trying to do is, let our money make us more money mm-hmm. and make seven to eight streams of income. You can only do that if you're in your 30s and 40s and you're not spending it on Louis Vuitton bags, fancy cars, dinners out, um, fancy jewelry. By all means, spoil yourself. But if your paycheck is coming in and then going out the door, you cannot create wealth that way. Yeah. And we'd like live that to an extreme, I think, for... But it's something we've agreed to because we understand what the long term is. I like we're not driving we're around in new expensive cars. Of, yeah. You know, we're driving older, older cars because that's, you know, a car is a, a terrible liability. Like yeah. we're focusing on putting our capital in places that will generate Income. friends that walk back with it. Every, when, I, when, I think about, <laughs> when I think about my digital dollars, I think where can I put my dollars so that they can make friends and come back with more friends for the party? Yeah. I don't ever put my money in places where after I spend it, they're not going to have the opportunity to so generate me more. A lot of people listening to this might not understand what we just said though. So to explain it, if we're making X amount of money every week or every month, then we are taking the majority after we pay our bills and do our stuff and splurge on ourselves or whatever that may be, um, and I, and I'm not complaining here. I think we're very lucky in a lot of ways. Um, we're actually very blessed and we're in a very cushiony spot, but we take most of that left over and invest it into something, whether it's crypto or a stock market or uh, our own company or something else that's going to generate us more income over time. So people who are listening might think, well, if you're investing money to create more income, that means you've just doubled your income. No, when you are investing money into something, it takes time, depending on what you're investing in. If it's the stock market, it could take a couple of years. If it's cryptocurrencies, it could take a couple of months. Um, if you're and there's selling- also a difference between you're investing it from a business perspective. There's also a big difference between income and like profit distributions and things like that when it comes to creative mechanisms to do that when you're growing a business yeah. in the long term. You don't you know? just go invest money and then get a fatter paycheck the next week. Yeah. You just took or, all or, that so money. So everyone knows, and I'm sure most people are aware of this, but for people that aren't, earned income that you make from your career is taxed at the highest rate. Yeah. So if you want to be able to take home more capital that you earn, you have to figure out how to master the tax code and put your capital in areas that get taxed at a much lower rate. Because if you're earning a significant amount, your tax rate keeps getting higher and higher on earned income. But look at different types of assets like the stock market, like real Real estate, estate. like all sorts of different things that when you generate a return and you want to liquidate that return, they're getting taxed at a significantly lower rate. And it goes even farther beyond that for like specific locations. Like people strategically will move their business to Florida because Florida, you don't have to pay state income tax. Like there's different strategic things that you can do to make sure at the end of the day, you're generating a bigger return that you take home that is taxed at a lower rate and you have to be intelligent about how you do that stuff. Back to the point, I I think I took us off topic there, but we're taking most of that money that we're making and then we're putting it and deploying it back very strategically in different areas so that in year two or year three or in year 10, we're making X amount back and it's like hundreds of thousands or millions. That money's not coming to us right now. It's gone. And it's going to sit there and it's going to accrue and it's just going to make us money. That's that's what we're in the phase of doing. 
and sorry, I cut you off, but you're saying that you feel restricted from that perspective. I would say we were talking about sacrifices and I say that's something right now that like in reality, if we really that's wanted because to, I don't let you touch our savings account. If 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 <laughs> uh, if we didn't have this mechanism set up and we weren't on the same page as far as what we want to do in the future, yeah, we could easily be taking that money and taking extravagant vacations right now oh, yeah. or doing things like that. But we choose not to because we understand the value of reinvesting it right now yeah. because it'll pay us dividends in the future. Yeah. And we won't be locked. You won't be locked. We won't have. You don't have jobs. You don't have to go to a, an office job every day to live a lavish lifestyle you just have to be smart with your income put it in places where it'll make you more income you want your money to work for you you don't want to work for your money i think that's that's the best way to look at it so i i understand that i completely get that um but there's a lot of people who are you know doing what you and i are doing at this age and i feel like it's the one of the most secure ways to make those sacrifices quote unquote now because you don't want to be 60 years old or 70 year old, 70 years old and not have the lifestyle or the money that you want at that age or travel the world that you want to. I know so many people in their 50s and 60s, even 70s, you know, that aren't able to provide for their kids and their grandkids. They cannot spoil their grandkids the way that they want to. You think they don't want to? Of course they do, but they didn't make the right sacrifices when they were younger. And I'll also say for, you know, people when they're thinking about the future and how much capital you actually need to to live a comfortable life like it is no longer a couple million bucks no. to do that like the, the weight the rate of inflation and how much more expensive goods and services are and products are and the cost of living just in general you need to be making a significant more amount of money to put yourself in the position of being comfortable now, yeah. i'm not even talking extravagant i'm just being generally comfortable and it's not a couple million bucks anymore no. it's far more than that yep it's different all right on to books i have three books for everybody um, I don't know if you've read these. Number one, Focal Point by Brian Tracy. Two, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And three, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. So I've read the last two, The 4-Hour Workweek and The Magic of Thinking Big, but I will check out Focal Point by Brian Tracy. Um, the 4-Hour Workweek teaches people how to create. This is It's really good, I would say, for technology-enabled remote businesses mm-hmm. because it teaches people how to be... Um, automate a lot of the things you do through like virtual assistants or through different types of software products so that you can actually significantly decrease the amount of time you work. Um, I still think it takes every waking hour for to, when you're really dedicated towards something to make it big. But in the this, beginning. In the beginning, for sure. But as you grow it, you're able to automate more you things. You can do that, yeah. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz is an awesome one too because it just starts to train your mind about this growth mindset and how to basically set goals and ambitions way higher than you probably are right now. Yeah, very good. All right, a quote for today is, it's not hard to decide what you want your life to be about. What's hard is figuring out what you're willing to give up in order to do the things you really care about. And that kind of aligns with the whole sacrifice thing, that it doesn't feel like a sacrifice when what you're doing it for is bigger than that, you know? And I feel like that's where where we are right now, that though there are times where I feel the push and pull or maybe somebody on the outside looking at my life is like, Nina's giving up way too much to do X, Y, Z in the future. It doesn't feel like that because those are the things that I care about. That's the life that I want. And I also start to see my sacrifices as good things now that are beneficial to my health. And just a little change in perspective has made all the difference and makes my journey a little bit easier. I think that's a powerful quote too because something I think a lot about, and I think this applies to everybody on the planet, they should be asking themselves, if I am not sacrificing things on a daily basis 
to go after something that I feel that I have a purpose-driven mission for and that's the reason I'm on this planet, what are you doing every day? Why are you wasting your time? And it doesn't happen overnight, right? You got to find it, then you have to go after it. Let's be gentle. Let's be gentle. I know, but I'm just telling you that if you're not waking up in the morning and having, you're able to answer your why. Why am I doing what I'm doing every day? And you are completely fulfilled by that for your drive and your mission to do that. You are going to struggle in the long term if you don't have that. Also, if you're singularly focused on financial goals and you're not actually focused on creating value or a purpose, you will also fail in the long term, in my opinion. So It can't you, be about money. It has to be about passion. And you're going to learn that eventually, I feel. Like, what are you passionate about? While you're saying this and while you're on this topic, I don't know why it just popped in my head. Would you be open to anybody who's listening to this podcast reaching out to you on, through your email or your Instagram if they're having a difficult time figuring out their purpose or their why, because I know there's there's a lot of people out there who are like listening to this and like, well, I'm willing to sacrifice anything and I'm willing to do anything. I just don't know what I'm doing it for yet. Like I'm not there yet. And so would you be open to coaching or helping? Yeah. Those and, people? Anybody can reach out to me anytime. I'd be happy to talk to anybody who's having a challenge with this if they want to understand how I figured it out, and what are some tactics and techniques that I think would be helpful for them as well. There's some like tangible techniques and tactics that both Brian and I have applied years and years ago to figure our stuff out. So if anybody listening needs help in figuring out their purpose or figuring out their why or their passion or what they're good at and what they could devote their life to, um, reach out to any one of us. Email us or um, send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever. We're on all of those handles. Handles. Um, mine is Brian Dixon 6 And mine's Nina Pal Dixon. Um, your email is... Just, just hit me up on Instagram. Instagram, okay. Yeah. And so we hope you guys enjoyed this um, episode. I feel like it was a big one. It was a, it was a, a personal one for you and yeah. I, definitely. And if you guys have any other topics that you want to hear us chat about, please let us know. We're always open to exploring those, even if it's things that are you know more personal or more serious or things that are that you would consider more authentic. Let us know. And please don't, if you guys um, got any value out of this episode, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks a lot.